You are listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 83, Confounding Language. Hello, my friends, and happy new year. Welcome to season five of the Brooks Snow Podcast. It is my favorite time of year. And like many of you, I use this new beginning to reflect on my life and where I've been and where I hope to go. In this episode, I'm going to dive into an approach to change that is rarely talked about, but it's one that I believe makes all the difference between success and failure. We're going to talk about the language you speak, and we're going to learn how and where we might be speaking confounding languages, or in other words, the wrong language to communicate change. This is one concept that holds power to make all the difference for you in progressing in your goals and shaping how you experience this year ahead. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It is available in Deseret Bookstores and online at amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast, or you've taken the time to share it with a friend. Your reviews and your shares is what makes this podcast possible. Today's review of the week comes from one of the 1400. She says, Dear Brooke, first of all, thank you for your research and your incredible podcast. I have taken your Christian meditation class and love my new practice. The lessons I have learned from you throughout this pandemic have been soul changing. I am one of those lucky 1,400 people that heard your accidentally published private call and became intrigued enough to want to participate next year. Count me in. (laughs) Well, to all of those who are wondering about my accidentally published call, you can hear that story in episode 82, Feel Your Feelings. And I'm so grateful to hear that the podcast and course have been soul-changing for one of the 1400. (laughs) And I'm excited to have you participate in the coaching program coming up. To any of you who are curious about my coaching program, please stay tuned to the end of this episode. And I'm going to give a tiny teaser for what is ahead in the next few weeks. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings, your reviews, and your shares is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. There's always this new and exciting energy that comes with the new year. And perhaps 2021 feels especially hopeful after so many unexpected challenges and disappointments that the previous year brought. It's truly amazing to me how much can happen in a year. It used to be that it took a generation or more to change a culture. In the past several years, to me, it has felt like cultural change has been happening far more quickly. And 2020 somehow managed to shift that into breakneck speed. And I've been thinking about this, and there's this scripture parallel that has been repeatedly on my mind the past few months. It is the story of the Tower of Babel. As you may remember, the Tower of Babel is an Old Testament story in which the people built a tower to get to heaven. And in their pursuit, their languages were 
confounded. They could not understand one another. Well, Wikipedia actually claims this story is just an origin myth as to why we have different languages in the world. And yet I have felt many times this past year as if I was living out this exact story. I feel the truth of this experience, not only anciently, but in modern day as well. It feels to me like language has been confounded. It feels like people are speaking different languages. Words are being redefined rapidly to support social and political agendas. And I have increasingly felt a struggle to understand people with this rapid cultural change. Now, while our entire dialect may not have completely changed, people's realities have. And it becomes very clear when I interact with someone who lives in a different reality than I do. It is as if we are speaking different languages and we struggle to understand one another. Now, some of these realities might include those who believe in masks versus those who do not. Those who believe the American Constitution is under attack versus those who do not. Those who believe a vaccine will cure our problems versus those who believe a vaccine will increase our problems. Those who believe what they read in the news versus those who think the media is censoring truth. Those who love our history and heritage versus those who are ashamed by it. Those who believe in God versus those who do not. Those who have faith that God will prevail and those who do not. And there are so many other things in between. It's a confounding of languages. It feels like different realities. Who is right? Who is wrong? (laughs) It is a war of words. Our language is being confounded. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines the word confound with the following definitions. Before I read these definitions, I am going to do a little tangent right here, which I rarely do on these scripted podcasts. I want to tell you why I use Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I love this dictionary for finding true definitions of words. And because we're talking about confounding languages and how words are changing, I especially love this dictionary. Noah Webster, 1828 Dictionary author, his intention in creating this dictionary was to show the definition of words as God intended them to be defined. As you read through this dictionary, every word that possibly shows up in the Bible will be used in the definition of the words. He will show the word. He will give a definition. He will also give an example of how the word is used in biblical verse because he wants to show how God intended the word to be defined. Such an interesting concept as we can discover that words can change and people can intentionally change words to suit their purposes. In other words, to confound the language. So let us look at Webster's 1828 Dictionary definition of the word confound. To throw into disorder, to mistake one thing for another, to perplex, to disturb by indistinctness of ideas or words, to throw the mind into disorder, to cast down, to make ashamed, to terrify, to dismay, to destroy, to overthrow. 
it just me? Or does this sound like the world we have been living in in the past year? This confounding, it shows up readily in our cancel culture. Because we may not understand each other, we demand the other person speak our language or we shut them down. And in so doing, I've noticed that there has been a trend arise to use shame in effort to force others to change. The irony is that shame never brings lasting positive change. People shamed into change, they may change momentarily to ease their pain, but it holds no power for growth. Shame is damning. Literally, it stops progress. It is darkness, not light. Can you imagine trying to force a plant to grow by increasing the darkness? Most frightening to me of all is when shame is used to create an identity. We use shame to tell people who we think they are. In my book, Living in Your True Identity, I teach that we all have two identities. One is true and one is false. Your false identity, scripture refers to as the natural man. Your true identity, scripture refers to as your divine nature. One is true, one is false. One is light, one is dark. One holds power to grow and become magnificent. The other is an enemy to God. When we use shame on ourselves or others, we are identifying with the false self. Any narrative or person that teaches you to believe that you have no worth or that teaches that you are inherently evil or flawed is using shame. Shame is the language of Satan, and it will feel confusing to our divine nature. Our spirits do not understand this language. Shame is the language of the false self, the language of the natural man. And it's easy to fall into this language when we hear it constantly spoken in the media. It is easy to believe and speak this language when we have the adversary whispering these words into our own minds moment to moment to moment. The more you listen to it or speak it, the more fluent you will become. Now, truth be told, unfortunately, I have not been immune to speaking this language. I have lots of experience trying to use shame to change people. I have tried to use shame to change myself. I've tried to use shame to change my kids and my husband and other people. And here is what I have learned. Shame always fails. 100% of the time, it always fails. And yet, I have tried it again and again, fooling myself that this time it will work. (laughs) And it never, ever does. Interestingly, God tells us in Scripture a language of change that never fails. If God had a language that never failed, would you be interested in knowing what it was? If you found yourself in a pattern of failure, maybe in your goals or relationships, would you want to know the language that had a 100% success rate? How wonderful 
to know that there is such a language. God assures us that charity never faileth. Charity is the pure love of Christ. It never fails. And today I would like to present charity as a language. Think of it as a way to speak and communicate. Charity is a language that is found in your body language. It's found in your words, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. It is a very powerful language and it never fails. If you find yourself at the new year setting resolutions that look rather familiar because you have failed in achieving these habits or goals many times in the past, may I offer a new approach to goals that never fails? Charity and love. What would happen if we spoke this language? This time of year is characterized by the desire to change and to grow. We've just come out of a year that many people would not like to repeat. (laughs) We want to change in our personal lives and we want change in the world. If we hope for change in either place, we must approach it with charity. Charity is the language for growth. Charity is the language that nourishes the divine nature. It is the only identity that has power to become all that is good and all that you hope for. And yet, too often we confound our language and we seek for growth by speaking shame instead. In 2017, I was 205 pounds. I was unable to shed the excess weight. And anyone who has tried to lose weight and failed can likely relate to the shame approach to change. I told myself I was fat and overweight. I shamed myself for not being able to lose weight. I told myself that something was wrong with me. I was speaking the language of shame and expecting positive results. And it didn't work. (laughs) The language was confounded. My divine nature does not speak shame and it cannot understand this language. Well, one day a switch flipped in my brain and I decided that if the shame language was not communicating what I really wanted my body to do, what if instead I tried to lose weight by loving myself? Could that work? Instead of saying, I'll love you when you weigh 150 pounds, what if I could love myself right then? At 205 pounds, could I love and accept myself just as I was and love my body for all the amazingness I was completely overlooking? Could I speak the language of charity from the start and not delay love only upon reaching a perfect outcome? I began an incredible journey of change by speaking the language of love instead of speaking the language of shame. I began to identify as my true self who actually has the ability to grow and develop and become all that is glorious and good instead of identifying with my false self through shame. 
I changed my language. Friends, it literally changed my life and my body. Charity never faileth. And yet, remember, we do not become fluent in a language overnight. It has to be practiced. You have to immerse yourself in it and hear it and speak it. I practice this language daily through meditation and affirmations. I was selective about what influences I brought into my life, what media I consumed, and who I spent my time with. And guess what happened? (laughs) My body began to continuously shed weight. It was a slow process, only two to three pounds a month, but those few pounds add up month after month. Within two years, I had lost 60 pounds and five dress sizes. And best part of all, it was the most enjoyable, loving, fulfilling weight loss journey of my life. I've easily kept the weight off ever since, and I am convinced that it had everything to do with speaking the language of love. Charity never faileth. As you look to change things in 2021, whether this is changing yourself or even changing the world, I invite you to do so without confounding languages. We cannot hope to love ourselves and speak the language of shame. We can't hope for health and healing and speak the language of shame. We can't hope for unity and speak the language of shame. It's confounding. You cannot get good fruit from an evil source. You must speak the language your spirit understands. Next week, I'm going to be sharing more on how to speak this language of true and lasting change. Right now, I invite you to think of what area of change you hope for very most this year. What is it for you? What is the single most important thing that could change your life? I'm going to pause just a moment. Let the ideas come into your mind. Let this podcast episode have application. Do you know what it is for you? What you most hope to change? If you have this in your mind, I invite you to ask yourself, What language are you currently speaking in this part of your life? Are you speaking in love? Are you identifying with your true self that actually has the ability to change and become something great? Or are you speaking a confounding language? Let's go back and talk about the Tower of Babel. (laughs) Since I was a little girl... I've had this picture in my mind of the Tower of Babel, and I imagined it looking like a tall, skinny tower. And maybe this image formed in my mind from playing with blocks, or maybe it was some Sunday school object lesson, but it has stayed in my mind all these years, this image of this tall, skinny tower. In writing this podcast, I decided to do a really quick web search on the Tower of Babel, and it astonished me what showed up in my images. There were no tall, skinny towers. (laughs) Instead, I saw dozens of artist renditions depicting an exceedingly great and spacious building. 
I gasped out loud at the new connections my brain was making to Lehi's vision of the great and spacious building. Lehi, in the Book of Mormon, describes the great and spacious building that he sees in his vision. He describes it as the mind of the world. And it suddenly made perfect sense that the language spoken there would be different, even very confusing, confounding, and different than the language spoken by God. Why else would people leave the path and let go of the rod of iron? Could it be they were being told confusing messages about who they were? Could it be the language around them was changing? Could it be they no longer understood what was true and what was false? Suddenly the rod of iron, which symbolizes the word of God, took on a deeper meaning. The word of God is the language of God. It is not the same language as the world. We must choose who to believe. We must choose which language we are going to speak and listen to and understand. In Lehi's vision, those that make it to the tree of life and stay heeded not the words from the people in the great and spacious. To heed means to give attention to. They don't listen to those languages. Instead, they immersed themselves in the language of God, which brings clarity and truth. And of course, it leads us to the fruit of the tree, which is desirable to make one happy. I find it all the more telling that President Russell M. Nelson, a prophet of God, prepared us well before a virus arrived, urging us to learn to hear the voice of God. Hear him. Figure out how he speaks to you. In other words, learn to know his voice and know his language. In coming days, the languages would become more and more confounded. And we must know for ourselves how to speak God's language and hear his word to us personally. God's language is powerful. It builds, it creates, it protects, it delivers, it saves, it inspires, it creates hope and faith. It speaks to your spirit. It speaks to your true self and it never fails. As we seek for change in this new year, let us approach it in God's language. Let us speak to ourselves and others in love. Let us hear him and especially seek to hear him speak of who we really are. This path is the only path that leads to the tree. Friends, I have a series of podcasts I'm really excited about that are coming in the next few weeks, all about supporting you and becoming better at speaking this language and being a better creator. Once a year, at the end of January, I open my nine-month coaching program for those who would like personal support and accountability to make these principles more actionable in their own life. There's going to be more information that I will say on that in the next few weeks, but I'm just planting a seed right now for you to ponder on if this is something that might be the right fit for you. In the meantime, 
imagine your life speaking God's language of love and look forward with faith. Do you enjoy these podcasts and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my free mini meditation course. It's called The Miracle of Meditation, How to Transform Your Prayers for More Presence, Connection, and Revelation. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including speaking God's language and practicing this language in my thoughts and in my actions. Most of my listeners already have a practice of personal prayer, but the idea of meditation can seem a little foreign. So what if I told you meditation is simply a higher form of prayer and you could integrate it right now into your personal prayers? This course will teach you three things that you can do right now to make your prayers more meditative. It is the perfect bridge between traditional prayer and meditation, and it is one of the most powerful tools I have found for increasing personal revelation in my life to really hear God's voice for me. This is calling out to you. I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on. 